Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hour number two of the broadcast underway. John Grayson here with you. Uh, Winkster, kind enough to hang with us. For a little while on this uh, Friday morning, as uh, you know, you've already done your deal today, man. I mean, yeah, it's like you did your whole job and then you said, you know what? More work. That's what I need on a Friday. So but the thing of it is, I really do have fun doing this. (laughs) Like, I have no problem filling in on this program at all. Thank you. You're you're very kind to say so. We're going to move in this segment of the show. To the booming metropolis of Frostbite Falls, Minnesota, uh, where where there's big doings, don't you know? Because in it's actually International Falls, but you know, made famous as Frostbite Falls by Rocky and Bullwinkle, that uh, there's there's a big there's a lot of consternation, and I have I have to ask you before we get into this: Are you a hunter of any stripe at all? Me? Yeah. No. No. Never been hunting. No. Nor, no. Nor have I, which makes us the perfect people to talk about this hunting story. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Bring it. How about fishing? Do you, do you go fishing from time to time? Uh-uh. Don't do that either. Never I did fishing. it. I did it a couple of times as a child. Um, and I was, I was not successful and yeah. I had no interest in pursuing it further. There you go. Uh, yeah, we, we, I mean, living in Tampa for a while as we did, I mean, there's the Bay and there's also lakes all over the place and believe it or not, a bunch of fish farms, the, the places where they grow like a aquarium fish. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a little town southeast of Tampa called Ruskin, Florida, where I lived for a period of time, which I realize sounds like bragging, but, but trust me, it isn't. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they have, when you drive through this one particular area of Ruskin, you, you will see trailers and little homes and things like that. And out in the front yard, these giant ditches full of water. And I had to ask a friend of mine, what's with all the ditches full of water? Are these people, is that like some kind of cistern thing? And, they, and he said, no, 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 that, that's where the fish come from. So, it's a fish hatchery. Yeah. So if you go to the pet store and you buy neons or uh, black mollies or, you know, whatever, whatever your aquarium fish of choice is, chances are that's where it came from. They didn't fly it in from the Amazon. It came from Ruskin, Florida. So you've got redneck fish. Congratulations. And uh, <laughs> that's why it has a mullet. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So up in Minnesota, but, but yeah, we used to go fishing every so often. And it was the same thing. Most of the time, nothing. I'd get absolutely nothing. One time I caught a stingray, which was weird. But um, yeah, outside of that, it was just never, you know, by the time I was about 12, I was about done with fishing. So... This story out of Minnesota is that they are, they're having these meetings in International Falls, Carlton, Aurora, and Coleraine this week under the name Wolf versus Deer, Who Will Win? 
because <laughs> <laughs> now be, before you go thinking that this is some kind of like celebrity deathmatch reboot in in the worst possible way, it isn't that. It's a bunch of angry hunters because over time there's been an effort to repopulate the wolf population in northern Minnesota. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know why. I mean, some kind of environmental effort. There were wolves there forever, and then we chased them all away or killed them all, and now we want them back. Well, that's unfortunately for the hunters been very successful. And the wolves are back, which means the deer are not. The deer are being killed off like like is normal. I mean, this is like the normal ecosystem is wolves the take care of the deer. Right, exactly. And they're the apex predators, so they, they take care of the deer and keep the population in check. Unfortunately, if you're a hunter, you don't want the population in check. You want deer as far as the eye can see so you can take your pick and shoot whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And they're mad now. They're they're angry and they're showing up at these meetings saying, you know, we there's too many wolves out there and we, and we go out hunting and we spray ourselves with deer pee and go up in the trees and, and, you know, stand there for hours and hours and hours and we don't see any deer, which, by the way, the spraying yourself with deer pee, that's another thing that's going to keep me from hunting. So, yes. uh, so they do that and, and now they're mad because they said uh, Steve Porter, a board member of the organization Hunters for Hunters, said that uh, his hun- his son started the group before this year's deer hunting season began, anticipating that hunters would leave the field angry and upset at the lack of deer they saw. That's what we want, people leaving fields angry and upset carrying firearms. So uh, they're, they're all angry and upset and showing up at these meetings going, there's too many wolves, what are we going to do? And I thought, of all the entitled <laughs> I mean, babied human beings that I've ever heard of. And here I am making fun of angry people with guns. But, you know, where is it written than when, that when you go out hunting, you deserve to be able to find a deer? Yeah, it's not. A- am, it's... I, am I missing something here? No, you're not missing something. I mean, I understand what they're saying. Not necessarily that I deserve to get a deer, but... There should be sufficient numbers to make the odds worth my while. But but I, I, w- I would come back with that with says who? <sighs> uh, yeah, I mean, says the hunter who's paying for the permit. <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess. Uh, I, what, is a, what does a deer permit cost? Do you have any idea? I, I have no idea. It's... It's like you with the sex club. I have no frame of reference on what that should cost. Uh, yeah, because I mean, if you if you press me, I'd say I don't know, fifteen bucks. I you know I think about it like this. Uh, you know, maybe the the fishing thing wasn't as good an analogy, but uh, I went down to southern Kansas a couple of times over the last couple of months. Went down to a, a place just east of Iola, or I'm sorry, just west of Iola, Kansas, called Yates Center. And I went down there because a guy had put up an ad for a junkyard he had bought and had a bunch of really old cars in it. And I needed some parts off of those cars. So I made the trip all the way down to southern Kansas and I brought all my tools with me and got some parts off of these old 57 Plymouths that, that I that I can use that on my car. And, and I came home. That said, though. I can tell you I have spent over the course of my life many, many hours scouring many, many junkyards, lots of times unsuccessfully for parts for my cars that I was building at the time. 
And that's part of the game. Sometimes you find something and you think, I can't believe what I'm looking at. This is awesome. And then lots of times you go, oh, look, another Edsel. And, you know, you just take your chances. I mean, if you don't get what you want, that's life, man. But did you pay an admission fee to the junkyard? Yeah, a lot of times you do. It's it's really no, it's nominal. I mean, uh, it's usually a couple of bucks. It's nothing. You know, it's not like you're going to pay a hundred bucks to get in there. But uh, yeah, with a lot of them, they will charge you something because they want to make sure they know that little parts and things you're going to stick them in your pockets and walk out with them. So mm-hmm. they want to make sure they get at least a little something for their effort. Aha. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, some of them, like I said, are free. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a hunter, what's the deal? I mean, isn't it part of the game? Sometimes you go out there and and do whatever you do, and after hours and hours and hours, you've got nothing to show for it, and you just come home and have a bowl of chili and warm up. We'll go to it, and if you want to jump in, 913-586-7798. Chuck in Blue Springs joins us next. Hey, Chuck. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's hey, happening? Um, well... When you when you're talking about things, it would be nice if you did a little bit of research and talk to people because hunters. Well, that's what you're here for. Deer hunters do not spray themselves with deer pee. Well, the, it what? is used as a lure. Well, okay. Why is that stuff in the in the Walmart then? They, it, yeah, they use it as a lure. They put it out to attract the bucks. But I thought you were supposed to put it on yourself so that you didn't scare the deer off with your own scent. No, there is a special spray for that that is not pee, does not have pee in it. <laughs> okay, then I've been told lies over the years by hunters. Yeah. So Same here. Yeah, you're not alone in that, John. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll take yeah, your word for just, it, Chuck. But We just put it out. We have it on these lures. There's these, we have these uh, foam deals, or they're absorbent, and you dip it down into the pee. And then you hang it on the branch around you or somewhere out in front of you to uh, attract the bucks. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, Chuck, thank you. I, uh, I, I appreciate that. Aren't you glad you started this conversation, John? <laughs> Talking about deer pee. I cannot tell you how many people that, that I have known over the years, mostly in Tennessee. Maybe it's a Tennessee thing. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, guys who would go out hunting deer and turkeys and all of that stuff. I mean, they were big into it. And that's what they would do. They would put it, like, on their necks and stuff so that when they sweat, it just, you know, I, I maybe they were kidding. I don't know. Like I said, maybe I've been lied to all these years, but I was always under the impression you were supposed to use that on you. I got the same lie told to me, if it is indeed a lie. Okay. Well, I'll depend on the text line, the repository of all knowledge. If you guys... Uh, text line. <laughs> text line right now. I used to spray my shoes when I walked into my stand. There we go. Okay. Uh, somebody else said the reason the deer hunters are mad... Oh, wait a minute. It just jumped. Because the population of Kansas has been dying off slowly, year by year, to different diseases. And I got to bring this up. And there was an and in there. Oh, man, it's one of those things that got screwed up by our tax line. Oh, and the wildlife department hasn't done anything about it. Went to western Kansas. Yeah, see, that, that may very well be the case in Kansas. In Minnesota, they're mad because the wolves are back. So the, the wolves are taking their share of deer, and the hunters are mad because they say, no, that those deer is ours, and we want them back. 
Uh, somebody else, again, on the text line said, yes, they do spray their clothes. He's full of it. <laughs> All <laughs> so, caps with about four exclamation marks, too. <laughs> and, the, and the more exclamation marks you use, the the more truthful I, I would assume that you are. That said, well, I, I'm, I feel better now knowing that I didn't just make that up. Tammy in Missouri is up next to this. Hi, Tammy. Hey, how are you doing? I may survive. What's going on? Well, I was just wanting to throw you there that you guys are kind of being jovial about it. I get that. But a lot of those hunters depend on those deer to feed their families. And the guy who was talking about the diseases, that adds to the population decrease. And then having those wolves on top of it, many of those families aren't going to have that venison to eat for the year. Well, what and is, that's a, a big problem. What does a good deer rifle cost? Oh, gosh, a couple hundred dollars. Uh, and what about the permits? Oh, permits are cheap. They're, okay. I'm not even sure, but they're cheap. Because, you know, I just, I see it as being maybe a thing where they're going out and spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go get a deer. I don't think that guy needs a deer. I think he could have spent those hundreds of bucks in a, in like a grocery store. There's not, though. I know a lot of people who do depend on it for their to feed their family for the year, and they don't spend that much. They have rifles that are passed down through their family. They go to thrift stores and get camo. They don't use all of the the DRP and all of that stuff. They just go out and hunt, and that's what they use to feed their family. You're talking about more trophy hunters kind of thing, Uh but I'm talking about the ones who depend on that meat. What percentage would you say that is of the hunters who are out there? Oh, 75 can't Whoa. can't eat unless they shoot a deer i wouldn't say can't eat but it is a huge impact on their their yearly budget for food how about that i yeah and, and that's fair but i mean it's it's not a situation where there's like no deer there's some you just got to be know. better you know just putting in their perspective as yeah. to why okay. they're angry all right to some of extent. Fair enough. I will take it. Tammy, thank you. Thanks very much for the call. Um, <laughs> now the hunters are coming in. All right. We'll get to you guys in just a couple. John Grayson here with you. Wake Starrett alongside. Much more on the way. And if you want to get in and do some talking about this, if you're a hunter, do you deserve for the state to go in and start culling wolves so that you can have more deer to shoot? Or, you know, is it just be be a better hunter or a little more patient and maybe you'll get what you need for the winter? 913-586-7798. John Grayson here with you. Wink Starrett with us. Uh, kind enough to stick around until noon. Join us on 98.1 KMBZ. Wink, I just got a Facebook message from my wife that said, and I quote, Don't you ever come home smelling like deer pee, comma, you will be missed. <laughs> First thing had better be getting a shower. <laughs> That's right. It's like I can't get through a Friday without having my life threatened. <laughs> it, it wasn't an issue before. It's not going to be an issue now. Don't worry, honey. Love you. Off to North Kansas City we go where Jason's listening in. Hello, Jason. Hey, I just had to call in to kind of make a funny point here. Hit us. Um, I don't know what's going on on the Kansas side with doing it in populations, but here in North Kansas City, and I'm not talking rural, I'm talking like Zona Rosa and Liberty and all that. Yeah. They are everywhere, and I mean everywhere. You can walk outside your house in the morning or in the afternoon or whatever, and there'll be like three of them in your yard just chilling. Yeah, walking right well, through. Maybe they know because that's where the hunters aren't. <laughs> you know, they've they uh, figured well, it out. I They're mean, like, the, oh, the population is crazy. I go to the library, you look outside, and there'll be like eight of them. Just yeah, feeding on grass and everything. So my 
I have a compromise. Why don't you hunters and the wolves come here? <laughs> you don't. You don't even need. But you don't even need a gun or deer pee if you want to cap, uh, catch a deer here, man. They're pre- so used to people, an apple and a bat, and it, you got yourself a deer. I was going to say, a good hard punch would probably be able to take him out, Jason. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and you know what? You can bring the deers here, too, or I mean the wolves here, because I pay real money to be out barbecuing and watching a deer walk through my yard and see a wolf jump out of the bushes and take it down. Oh, no kidding, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess the only thing you'd have to worry about is the school bus stops early in the morning. You know, you don't want to see yeah, that going well, on. With the- I don't know. There's plenty of deer to keep them busy for a while. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, bring them on up here. I don't know what's going on with the population on the other side of the border. I love it. Jason, thank you. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot. I mean, uh, you see him driving. In fact, there was a sign, one of those portable road signs when I was driving down to uh, mm-hmm. Iola. And there was one of those portable road signs that flashes, and it said, uh, I guess this is now the season. I don't know, rutting season or whatever season it is for deer. Yes. <laughs> you can tell I'm an experienced hunter. And uh, and it said, you know, watch it, especially dawn and dusk. If you're driving around those times, be careful. There will be deer on the road. You're going to have to watch out. And I know, I mean, I had a friend years ago who hit one. She was driving a Ford Focus and after that, she was driving a sardine can. I mean, it just, a deer will wreck a car. So, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, and, and the thing that she was just absolutely blown away by after the accident, I mean, the accident itself was a bit of a surprise, but after she hit the deer, she said the entire interior of the car was covered in fur. In in hair, whatever deer have that uh, a lot of that's it's like a dog when you brush a dog and a lot of that hair is just loose. That sure. When, when you hit a deer, it looks like the deer exploded in your. And she said that it, she didn't even kill it. The deer, it was a Ford Focus. I mean, it's not like she hit it with a real car. And, right. And she got. She said it got up and just walked away. Like ouch, you know. And that was yeah. It, it was like a, it's like a mosquito bite for us. <laughs> Yes, right, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, it's a focus. All right, it's okay. Um, It did remind me of something, though. Where did you go to school, like elementary school? What area? Not not like the name of the school. It doesn't matter. North Central Missouri. And I'm guessing your school probably did not have air conditioning. We did not. Okay. Mine didn't either. And the one thing that I'll always remember about those times is that uh, you know, there were times like when school first started, beginning of September, or when it was just about to end. Because in Buffalo, yeah, they had to build in all kinds of snow days. So we went like June 4th was usually the last day of school or somewhere around there. It, the school year went on forever. So uh, in the times when the weather was actually warm enough, they would open all of the doors. They'd open the doors to the school and then just leave them open and then sure. open all the doors to the classroom so you can get a, a little breeze going through. Mm-hmm. And invariably, some wildlife or some stray dog would come running through the classroom. And, really? And you have never seen a group of third graders go absolutely out of their minds <laughs> like we did <laughs> when a squirrel or a you know some Labrador retriever from the neighborhood or something like that just came strolling into the classroom like, hey, what are you guys doing in here? It was absolutely brilliant. It, did, did anything like that happen in north central Missouri when you See, were a kid? We, we would do the same thing as far as having all the doors and windows open. Yeah. But I don't recall us ever getting 
any nature footage inside. <laughs> I mean, it was never anything big. We, I mean, we were a little too urban, I guess, uh, or suburban, I guess, to have uh, deer wander in. But mm-hmm. but we would. I mean, we'd get squirrels and you know the occasional raccoon or something like that. Uh, and yeah, it was just always hilarity would ensue. The kids would go crazy. We were only in a town of about twelve thousand, but we were pretty. We were as close to in the center of town as could be. Okay, and so I'm wondering if that had to do with the fact that we didn't really get much as far as wildlife wandering in. It could very well be. Let's let's skip real quick to Scott in Osawatomie before the bottom of the hour, and he'll be the last word on this. Hey, Scott. How you doing? Good. I, I went to good good topic. So I went to a couple seminars. I need wolves are releasing Colorado. Um. Are the animals are not used to them, so genetically they haven't been passed for years on the beef. Uh, they're going to be the menu now. They're not going to know what to do. So they don't know how to get away from them. Correct. Okay. Um, the initiative was just barely passed in Colorado, and it's barely passed by the people in the city, but the farmers don't want it. I mean, because it will take down some of the cattle, but it's not. It's more of a good feeling thing. I think they're doing with the wolves. Um, but they're worried they're going to come into Kansas and they're going to be hunting predators in Kansas and we'll shoot them and they'll be endangered species. We just shot. So it's a big topic right now about that. Yeah, I was... they're, they're, they're going to be way out near Steamboat so, oh, okay. and, some, All right. and some near Vail. So that's on this plateau they're releasing them. So they're not going to affect us in Kansas here too much, but they're going to be devastated soon. You'll be able to go to Estes Park and watch eat wolves eat elk for day. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun one to drive the kids out to uh, to Denver for the weekend. It's like, whoa, check it out! Right. <laughs> All right, but thanks. The uh, initiative is it's the only state that, while the other states have wolves, they reintroduce, but can't. Um, Colorado will be the only state that they don't have a plan to control them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, very good, Scott. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe that's going to be part of the solution if they come up with one in Minnesota, is uh, to allow the hunters to say, "All right, if you take a deer, you can take a wolf too." You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to be real popular, but it would at least control both populations at the same time. It would do that. Yes. All right. We'll do some more talking after the bottom of the hour. Traffic and weather coming up. John Grayson with you uh, on the midday show. Winks there and kind enough to stand by and hang out with us a little while here on the program. And we'll do some more talking just ahead on 98.1 KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 11.34 as we cruise on through a Friday morning. And yes, by the way, again, by request, there will be a wheel of topics here at the end of the show. Uh, 1.30 this afternoon. We'll do that between 1.30 and 2. So uh, I've been, been busily coming up with questions for the wheel of topics today. So make sure you're on the radio for that. Wink Starrett here with us. We were just talking off the air about something. Um, you know, there's a kind of a natural outgrowth from the talk about uh, hunting and all of that. Because we all have our thing, right? Everybody's got to have some kind of hobby or something to do with with, with your spare time. Sure. Uh, I know you're a big hockey fan. Is is I that am. it for you? Is just following what's going on in, in the college and the minor league hockey ranks? That's a, a big part of it. There are some other things that I do, but uh, I would say that's probably my number one thing by a pretty long shot. What, what are some of the others? What else are you into? Oh, I collect vinyl. So oh, I love there to, we go. Yeah. I, I love to go vinyl shopping. Um, I, I found some great places to, to bolster my collection. Um, and I, I like to go take part in that on occasion. Well, then, um, yeah, that's it. I have a oh, good continue. Yeah. Cause I have I a really good say, story for you on that. Books are also a thing with me. This actually hits both of those because I was going to get into something else. We'll get there eventually. But I saw this story this morning and thought, you know, you and I really need to talk about this because every so often you'll hear about some guy who, when he was 12 years old, took a book from the library and just forgot and never mm-hmm. brought it back. And then 40 years later, he'll show up at the library and say, hey, I checked this out in 1981. And um, can I bring this back now? And they always joke about the fines. But usually the, the library fines are capped at like five bucks. They'll, they'll say, OK, it's 10 cents a day that it's late. But after five bucks, then it's because they want their book back. So sure. so they don't they're not going to charge you fifteen hundred dollars worth of library fines for a 40 year old book. Well, this one crossed out of Boston today, out of Boston.com that librarians in the Boston Public Library discovered a surprise at the bottom of their book depository, their book, uh, you know, the the, the little book drop at the The Dropbox. Yeah. Yeah. They found a record. Remember when you used to be able to go to the library and check out records? I do, yes. This guy did that on October 27th, 1976. Wow. Checked out, and I I love the one that he picked, too. He checked out Anthology by Junior Walker and the All-Stars. Very nice pick. I mean, I'm I'm a huge Motown fan. So, yeah, I mean, that album in particular had so many absolutely fantastic songs on it. Um, So, yeah, check that out October 27th, 1976, and didn't even have the... The, the temerity, I guess, to walk it back into the library and check it back in. No, he put it in the Dropbox. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, walk back in with it and say, hey, you know, here's a kind of a funny story for you. You know what I'm going to guess happened? Tell me. I'm going to I'm going to guess the guy who checked it out actually died. And oh, that could be. It, yeah. And in sorting out his worldly possessions, a family member or whomever stumbled across it and stuck it in the Dropbox. <laughs> I I did that. I have to admit, uh, I this is my my one and only crime. All right, maybe not my one and only, but uh, I did the same thing back when I was in about eighth grade. I checked out a book that I was going to do a book report on mm-hmm. and apparently forgot. I didn't even realize that I forgot to bring it back until I went several years ago to go visit my dad down in Florida. And it was on his bookshelf. 
And I thought, I know that book. I know that book. <laughs> I checked. And sure enough, I, I, I took it out and stamped across the top was Tampa Public Library. And I went, oh, man, now I'm a jerk. And I always thought one of these days I'm going to bring that back. That would have been 1982 or 83. And I'm going to br- I'm going to walk back into the main branch of the Tampa Public Library at, on Ashley Street. And I'm going to hand them that book and just watch the look on their faces. They try to figure out how they're going to even check that thing back in. Why haven't you done that yet? I don't, you know, I, I, I was going to do it at the time. I know this will come as a surprise. I forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I still know where the book is. It's now at his mm-hmm. wife's house, but uh, yeah, dad's gone, unfortunately. But uh, but the book still remains. And yeah, maybe one of these days I'll I'll grab it from her and I'll go down and make the trip and check it back into the Who knows? Maybe you'll see me in a news story one of these days. It'll make the that Today would be- Show. That would be outstanding. Let's make it happen. (laughs) Now, uh, what I was going to get into and and tell you about is a weirdness that has to do with supply lines. Because, uh, in fact, I got a a text from a listener via Facebook this morning, very nice guy, who was listening to us. And every so often I'll talk about the fact that my big thing, my hobby, is uh, collecting, buying, selling, and trading old music gear, guitars and amplifiers and stuff like that. And I play anyway, so it's just, I see it as a way to kind of rent them for a while. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like I'll buy one and I'll play it for a little while, and I get to play all kinds of cool guitars, but I don't really have to make a long-term investment in them. And uh, And and, you can flip them, basically. Right, right. And, And so I've gotten much better over time at being able to repair, especially amplifiers, because the old stuff... It's all vacuum tubes, you know, not transistors. It's all vacuum tubes and wires and not circuit boards and all of that stuff. And it's fairly easy to work on. The real trick has come with the beginning of the war a couple of years ago between the between Russia and Ukraine that most of the tubes now, because they still do make vacuum tubes for old radios and old gear, and, and there are even some some new amp manufacturers that still use tubes because they frankly just sound better. Um, but getting the tubes is a real trial because the, the process to make them is dirty. So we don't do it. Environmental laws are such that it would cost a lot of money if you were going to try to do that here in the States. And you'd have to charge like, you know, a couple of hundred dollars per, a piece for these things. So they make a lot of them in Russia. Well, that means you can't get them now. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of people, myself included, would really rather not. I mean, I don't sure. I don't want my money going to, to support some some company in Russia while they're doing this kind of thing. Um, but I, I found a guy and this is one of those weird little stories about how even in the middle of a war, people still have to live their lives back in the in the, uh, the 80s and early 90s. Mostly in the 80s, back when the Soviet Union was still a thing, they weren't importing stuff from here. So they made all their own gear. You know, they made electric guitars in the Soviet Union. And they're sure. and they are as Soviet as you would imagine. They got I mean, they're horrible. They're they're really mm-hmm. awful pieces of equipment. They're heavy and they uh, but but they do have a sort of a unique sound to them. And I've always been kind of curious. There is a guy now. In the Ukraine, in Ukraine, in Kiev, who is selling a lot of this old gear from the Soviet era, selling these guitars. And and I mean, they're awful looking. They really are. They, they look clunky and just awful. And I thought, you know, what a great way to kind of support that side of the war effort. 
and still get an old piece of Soviet history. I haven't done it yet, but he's still got a bunch of these things for sale. And I thought, here's a guy who's who's trying to do his best in the midst of the Russians coming in and trying to take their country away from them. And he's mm-hmm. shipping guitars all over the world. What a what a cool thing to have happen. What a weird little story out of there, you know? Yeah, and you mentioned this uh, a while ago on your Facebook page, I think, because you posted about, what was it, like an East German one? Yes. Uh, that that you had your eye on? There are East German guitars, yeah, and, and the, one, the, the one that's the most famous out of what had been the Soviet Union, actually, I think they made them in, in the Czech, Re- what is now the Czech Republic, when it was still Czechoslovakia, and part of the USSR, was a guitar called a Formanta. And it had, I mean, for for what it was, an ugly, heavy, not terribly good sounding Soviet guitar, I've been told it had a built in, like some of the effects that you see guys use pedals for, they built that into the guitar and it actually has a little slot for a nine volt battery in the back of the guitar. Wow. And they said that that, for whatever reason, that distortion effect that they had in the guitar sounds fantastic. So, like I said, still haven't done it, but it's one of those things. And they're not, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, a 1959 Les Paul, which is about a $350,000 guitar. These things are a couple of hundred bucks, you know? And I thought, you could easily do that. Yeah, yeah. And just to have one of those and put it in a display case on the wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have an old piece or of- if you don't like it, you could sell it to somebody else who's interested. Exactly. So, yeah, one day. One day maybe I'll, I'll do a, a little playing with one of those and uh, throw some recordings together and let you know what it sounds like here on the air. But, um, yeah, just to let you know, there, life still does go on, even in the midst of all of the horror that's going on there. That, that I mean, j- I picture a guy sitting there in downtown Kiev running a guitar shop and just thinking what what is happening around me at this point Mm -hmm. just wait for the air raid sirens to go off again (laughs) yeah really I better get those guitars while I can we'll do some more talking coming up we'll put the wraps on the hour a few more stories to tell you as well as we continue on through the midday show on 98.1 KMBZ 11.49, our last segment with Wink Sarah today. You and I together for two hours after that between the hours of noon and two. And then we'll hand you off to uh, Dana and Parks. All kinds of entertainment for you coming up on a Friday. A couple of things to wind up the hour with, Wink. Uh, Rembrandt, uh, he said, because <laughs> nothing like talking about the Dutch Masters on a talk show. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a big auction going on right now at Christie's Auction House in the UK where they're auctioning off a bunch of Rembrandt stuff. Uh, things that he either painted or he did etchings as well, apparently. Um, and one of the ones they happen to notice, the, they being the folks at the BBC, uh, eventually re-reported by CNN, that one of the auctions, instead of having a photograph above it of what you were going to bid on at Christie's, which they're expecting, by the way, to go anywhere between a quarter of a million and 400,000 pounds, is an etching done by Rembrandt that says explicit content. This lot contains explicit material and mature subject matter. Who knew Rembrandt was a perv? Um, Really? Yeah, there are several others. uh, Like one is that they do show pictures of. One is called The Three Trees. One is Christ Crucified Between the Two Thieves. But this etching called The French Bed was a series of erotic etchings done by Rembrandt. So I had no idea. Now, Sotheby's, or not Sotheby's, Christie's, the other one, why they chose to cover this up is a little bit beyond me because even though, I mean, it's it's an etching of the bed itself and there's a couple, oh. 
Yeah, there's a couple on oh, the bed. I'm they, looking at it right now. They are obviously getting busy. They're enjoying each other's company. But there's no nudity. I mean, they're still almost fully clothed. <laughs> yes. <know? laughs> so while it's clear that they are doing what it is that they're doing on the French bed. Uh, Being marital. Uh, yes. I, I don't know why the folks at Christie's decided to put this behind a grayed out, <laughs> a grayed out slate that says explicit content. Uh, and as a matter of fact, neither does anybody else, because when CNN called Christie's and said, why did you guys do this to a hundreds of years old etching by Rembrandt? Christie's declined CNN's request for comment on the matter, saying, quote, we have nothing further to add. Wow. <laughs> we are shutting down is that, debate. Is that necessary, really? Period. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I don't know. I guess if you're looking for a, an erotic etching by Rembrandt, um, I, like we just got finished talking about, everybody's got their hobbies, right? Yes, but uh, that's an expensive one. Oh, big time. Yeah, I don't know anybody who's got that kind of uh, of just going around money. I was looking at some of the other etchings they have available. So the one of the three trees is actually even more expensive. That they expect to go between 300 and 500,000 pounds. And the one of Christ crucified between two thieves... 1 million to 1.5 million pounds is the expected on that. Wow. So I I don't know how much money Rembrandt made during his life, but I'm guessing like most artists, he's worth a whole heck of a lot more dead than he was alive. He is. And the thing of it is so much of this artwork is bought really for investment purposes anyway. Yeah. You're not buying that and hanging it in your hallway at home. (laughs) I just I go back to uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It belongs in a museum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That stuff should be uh, should be up there for all of us to see. But at this point, I guess if you've got enough money, you can keep it all to yourself and keep it under wraps. Um, I will not be bidding. No, I will not be bidding as well. I'm going to sit that one out. Yep, all of maybe the Rembrandt next, stuff. Maybe next time. Not that I don't have a lot of respect for Rembrandt. I do. I just don't have a half a million pounds laying around. So that said, uh, we go to Taiwan, where we've had another problem at airport security, Wink. Um, this time... What happened now? A 22-year-old Taiwanese holiday maker, so you can tell this one came out of the UK. The mm-hmm. Daily Star is reporting that he was stopped by customs... At an airport whose name I couldn't even begin to pronounce in Bangkok, Taiwan. It's the, I'll give it a shot, Suvarnabhumi. That's exactly how it's pronounced. I don't know. <laughs> International Com- airport. Complete with, the, complete with the uncertainty in your voice. Yes. That's how you have to say it. Exactly. Cabby, take me to Savarnabumi. So they, they stopped him because of a suspicious bulge in his pants. <laughs> and instead of just saying thank you very much, uh, he uh, they they made him show what was what was in there. Uh, care to guess? Cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great guess, though. <laughs> no, apparently he was smuggling otters. Oh. Which would be a great name for a band, by the way. Smuggling Otters. Ladies and gentlemen, from Cleveland, Ohio, Smuggling Otters. Yeah, he he had a couple of them uh, that were taped into his pants. Uh, they said that he bought them from a market in Bangkok and had them crammed into his underwear before checking in at the airport on Tuesday. Customs Department spokesman... 
<laughs> yeah. Bob Smith said Th- Thailand <laughs> Thailand is not a gateway to smuggle exotic animals out of the country. We will catch anyone who tries to take these animals on planes. Thailand apparently is, according to the Star, a major transit hub for the illegal wildlife trade with smugglers often transporting live animals to nearby China. So China apparently has a shortage of pants otters these days. Okay, I I want to circle back to something you said a second ago. Uh-huh, yeah. He not only put them down his pants. Uh-huh. He put them inside his underwear. <laughs> they were in his underwear, yes. Like, I, I understand there's not much protection from a layer or two of cotton, <laughs> but... But it's something. Are, are you sure you don't want them outside the underwear so as to provide... Give your give your yes and deeds the best possible chance of survival? All I can add to this story is this is obviously what uh, what the the inspiration for the line, is that an otter in your pants or are you just happy to see me? I, Clearly. I, I, I mean, <laughs> the, the joke was the joke was right there. Uh-huh. Somebody had to make it. You did it. There Thank you. Go. you. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been arrested and uh, they, they took his otters away. I'm sure nobody is happier about that than the otters. They yes. must be absolutely thrilled to be out of that guy's underwear. Uh, I would certainly expect so, yes. And we'll wind this hour up with a story out of They Concord. can breathe a little easier. <laughs> Much. Out of Concord, New Hampshire, where a young nurse by the name of Andy Wong was eagerly beginning her first nursing job, according to the Associated Press, and they were doing training on resuscitating somebody after a heart attack. She had a heart attack during the training. Oh, no. You want to talk about the best place to ever have a heart attack? She woke up surrounded by nurses. She's going to be fine. Good. Wink Starrett, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll hear you on Kansas City's Morning News on Monday. More coming up afternoon on 98.1 KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.